With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It is Friday, May 26th. It is the Friday before, not Labor Day weekend. I was about to say Labor Day weekend, Memorial Day weekend. And we are hopeful that you're going to have a nice long weekend ahead of you. I am. Uh, I can't wait to tell everybody like, oh, I'm not on the air on Monday. Ha ha. Sorry. Uh, anyway, if you've got a little bit of time and you're looking at stuff going on in your financial life this weekend, are you thinking like, Hey, this is the first normal Memorial day weekend we've had in such a long time. And it would be so nice if I could just like get a moment to myself and think about things going on in my life and changes I want to make. And then you can just give us a holler. All you need to do is go to our website, jillonmoney.com, jillonmoney.com and click the contact us button and just put your question out there and we would be happy to answer it. Today, we're going to answer some emails because, uh, you know, things do get built up here in Jill on Money Land. This is from Sarah who says, I recently relocated for work to Colorado and I just sold my home in New England. I'm not sure I will be ready to buy again for a while, if ever, and I'm unsure what to do with the proceeds from my sale. It's in a Discover savings account with 3.75% interest. My dad had mentioned a brokerage account, but I'm unsure. Hmm. Well, listen, Sarah, it's tough because if you think you're going to need the money, then I don't think you should invest it. But if you really don't believe that, let's say for five years, seven years, you're not going to need the money, you could potentially put it into a, a brokerage account, pick some index funds and let it do what it's going to do. Or you could have a automatic trading platform do it for you. But until you're really clear about what you think the proceeds are going to be used for, it is important not to do much with it. So I kind of agree with you and your father. So let's try to figure out where you go next, and then you can determine what you should do with your money. Okay. Hope that helps. Amber writes, I'm going to start off by saying, I love your show. Yay. Thank you, Amber. 
I'm learning so much from you. I'm 46. My husband is 40. I'm a cradle robber. He likes me that way. (laughs) We didn't start saving for retirement in our 20s. I wish we had. I want to know if you have any advice on what else we can do. Uh, Okay. Two kids, ages nine and 24. Hmm. 24 is married, but unable to work due to her disabilities, which are multiple. Oh, I worry about their future. One grandson who's age five. No college fund started for either child or the grandchild. So that's a worry. My youngest wants to go on a mission at age 19. If she wants that, it's non-negotiable. We'll find a way for her to pay for it. Mission fund will cost around nine grand. I'm debating saving money for her wedding, but I didn't pay anything for the others because she went to the courthouse. Here's what they got, Mark. A brokerage account just started. She says, I have no clue what I'm doing. Company stock, $4,000, my husband's. He's not vested, whatever that means. Okay, so by the way, if you have no clue what you're doing, don't do anything. Stop doing anything. Company stock that is not vested means he has stock that's been awarded to him by a company, but they have vesting, meaning a certain percentage usually is available for sale every year. He's saying he's not vested. It means that he could have $4,000. Maybe next year he'll have a third of that vesting. It depends on the vesting schedule. At the end of some period of time while he's there, he'll have access to that money. High yield savings account, 250 bucks. 401k, husband has $44,000. I don't know how much he contributes and what his employer matches. Roth IRA, $11,000. Um, and just added 275. Emergency savings just started with $600. Credit card, $2,200 left to pay off, 17% APR. Car payment, $19,000 at just under 3%. Solar loan, about $25,000. 7% for the solar loan. The home is worth $520,000. I make $56,000 a year. My husband makes $73,000. Our social security, around $1,400 a month. They spend eight grand a month. And they also have renters that pay $1,900 a month. Goals, eventually retirement, six months of savings, truck for my husband, college fund for the youngest, missionary fund, weddings for both kids. I feel like I'm trying to do too much or I'm not doing enough, if that makes any sense. Let's tell you what you should do. Number one goal is the six months of emergency savings. I don't know how you got the money to put the Roth IRA money in there, but um, I think that right now saving for your Roth and saving in your husband's retirement account makes sense. That's great. We do need more money set aside for your emergency reserve fund. However, when we look at the the other things, truck for your husband, he'll, he can probably get a loan for that. And you may have to do that. College fund for your youngest. No weddings for both kids. No. So now we're back to one, two, three. So here's our three things. You need to track how much you're saving. You need to put some chunk of money every single month into that emergency reserve fund. We also need to concurrently pay off that credit card. Other than that, there's nothing else that you're really going to do because as soon as you're done with that credit card, which I mean, I don't know, do you have, you have a, um, you have these renters that pay you $1,900 a month. Is there any way that we can just use that as an automatic way to 
pay off your your loan to the credit card company, you know, $1,900 a month, you can get done with that pretty quickly. So I would absolutely accelerate that as quickly as we could get rid of it. Then every other available dollar goes into emergency savings. That's it. And the truck for your husband is going to have to be paid as a, it's going to have to be a loan. And I know that stinks, but that's where you are. Again, it's triage. It's triage. That's what I want you to remember. And triage means you do the most important thing for the family first. Most important thing is emergency reserve and paying down that credit card debt. And the emergency reserve fund should have six months of your living expenses. So, you know, you're, you're going to try to have 40, 50 grand in there eventually. All right. Uh, David says that he and his wife gross $165,000 a year. They are self-employed, 1099. They live in New York. They've got federal taxes of 25 grand, New York state taxes, 4,000 plus town school um, taxes, $43,500. We own a $700,000 home, $115,000 mortgage balance, and a home equity line of credit of 35,000. We contributed $6,000 to our SEP IRAs in 2022. Any thoughts on ways to put a significant dent in our taxes? Yes, leave New York. Doesn't that mean? There's not a great way to save because the reality is you can try to put more money away into your SEP IRAs. I don't know if your cash flow can absorb that. The only way to reduce your taxes is to put more money into your SEP IRAs. But you didn't tell me about anything else that you have in terms of savings. Um, He says, it seems like we spend every penny that we don't earn. Where can you move from Buffalo where it's cheaper taxes? How about New Hampshire? There's no state income tax there. Terrible school tax though. I mean, that's a very, I think there's no state income tax, but the school taxes are high. You got to pay one way or the other. These are the kinds of people who really got hurt by uh, the the 2017 taxes where you're capped on your property taxes. I guess the only other thing to consider is maybe if there's a way to extract some equity from your home, if you were to sell, what could you go somewhere else? I don't know enough about them. I, I We need a little bit more information. Okay. And this last email is from Kendra, who um, has inherited an IRA. And here's the message. I have 10 years to empty out this inherited IRA account. It's worth $290,000. What is the best way to avoid a major tax hit? We are in the 24% tax bracket, married filing jointly. I already have a Fidelity brokerage account. We are phased out contributing to a Roth IRA. We'd love to reinvest this money because that's what my parents would have wanted me to do. Questions. Can I internally transfer the money into my brokerage account? Well, yeah, you can take the money out, but you have to pay tax on it. Whatever you take out of this account, whether you put it into a brokerage account, your daughter's 529 plan, anything like that, does not matter. Money comes out of an IRA account, you must pay tax on it at your tax bracket. So I don't know where you fall in the 24% tax bracket. The bracket this year goes from down, uh, starts at 190,751 all the way up to 364,000. So the best way to take that money out is to take it out over 10 years and keep yourself in the 24% tax bracket. Once the money comes out, okay, then you just, you're declaring it. You're going to get a form from Fidelity that says this is taxable income to you. And it's going to just be added to your, your taxes next year. 
So you're going to take the money out over time. And if for some reason you're in the low end of that 24% tax bracket that maybe, I don't know, maybe it's 200,000, then I would take as much out as I could that would keep you in the 24% tax bracket and get it out sooner than 10 years, because I don't know where tax rates are going, could go higher even in the future. Whatever you pull from an inherited IRA account, if you're not the spouse, all that money is taxable income. There's no way to defer the taxes. So whatever you pull from it, the money comes out, you pay taxes, you declare it on your tax returns, and then you can put the money into your brokerage account. Then you can put the money into your 529 plan for your daughter. And if you're holding accounts at Fidelity, they may be able to make the transfer happen, but you're going to get a tax statement. Make no um, mistake about that, okay? And so that's what you do. There's no voucher. It's just taxable income to you. These inherited IRAs, uh, when that rule changes, it's a uh, it's a tough situation for some people because, you know, if your your family members have put away slugs and slugs of money in that retirement account, maybe from a planning perspective, it would have been better had they actually paid the tax in at their tax bracket, not your tax bracket. But that's intergenerational planning and it does take some work. If you need some help with that, you will go to our website, jillonmoney.com, and you click the contact us button. Let us know if you want to come on the air. While you're on the website, don't forget to buy the book, The Great Money Reset. It is a way for you to contemplate changes in your life without blowing up the finances. It's really a um, a book that is a guideline and it, it helps you create a framework for how to make big changes in your life. You can also subscribe to this podcast and to our other podcast, Money Watch, wherever you find your podcasts. It's Friday. We'll do some business. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Karen Kranick is our web queen, but only for a little bit longer, little bit longer. Mark Gilercio is our executive producer for a lot longer. We are distributed by Cadence 13. Do something nice for someone else today. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.